Men in her hometown, who'd come back from the front line, changed forever by what they had endured. But they were the lucky ones. So many had found their last resting place in the mud of Flanders, leaving grieving wives, mothers, sweethearts. A mile further up the river, they tied up at the landing stage of a riverside pub and sat at one of the outside tables. I'm going to have the lot, Simon said as a waiter hovered over them. How about you, Penny? Coffee will do for me, she answered. Supper at two o'clock in the morning plays havoc with my digestion. What about you, Barbara? Just coffee, she said. I'm going home to Melsham today. Dad's expecting me. We're going to plan a holiday in Scotland, though we can't go until the harvest is in. Going on holiday with your father? Simon mocked. Doesn't he have lady friends? He's not like that. Barbara said hotly. Dad's never looked at another woman. He wouldn't. Celibate for six years. How the poor man must be suffering. Simon, his sister exclaimed. You're not in the army now. Sorry, he said contritely. Tongue ran away with me. Penny suddenly noticed the big man standing on the towpath beside his bicycle, wearing a paint-stained check shirt and corduroy trousers. She nudged Barbara. Who's he? She whispered, nodding towards him. He's been standing there watching us for ages, giving me the creeps. All three turned to look, and George, who had heard all he wanted to hear, decided it was time to make himself scarce. Chapter One Barbara spent the day wandering about the farm with the dog at her heels exercised her mare, Ginny, across the common near her home, and came back in time to have a leisurely soak in the bath, the bathroom having been converted from a small bedroom. It was a life she loved, just as she loved the rambling old farmhouse with its mellow brick and flint exterior and the yellow climbing rose that reached her bedroom window. Her mother had planted that on the day Barbara was christened. I wanted to watch it grow as you grew, she had told her, my golden girl and my golden rose together. The whole house was full of treasured memories like that. Barbara didn't believe in ghosts, but the spirit of her mother was everywhere. It was in the bricks themselves, in the decorations and furnishings, in the garden. It was beside her when she cooked. It stood over her when she painted, a silent but accurate critic. Until her mother died, she'd not known a minute's anxiety beyond having to confess to her teacher she'd skimped her homework or when the cat's unwanted kittens had to be disposed of. She always cried buckets over those. Safe and loved, she never expected the blow, and when it fell, she had no one to lean on, no shoulder to cry on but her father's, and he had been grieving himself. Together they had weathered it, made a life without the loved one, and now she could look back with a smile at the pleasant memories and reminisce with her father. Do you remember when... Leaving him to go to college had caused her some soul-searching. As the daughter of a well-to-do farmer, she could stay at home and paint pictures to her heart's content and wait for the plaudits if they came. But she wanted to be independent, and though her father never grumbled, she knew the farm was nothing like as prosperous as it had been in her grandfather's time, and she didn't want to be an added burden. She planned to teach art at a local school, where she could live at home, painting in her spare time.
When she explained this, he had smiled and said if she wanted to go to college, then of course he would find the wherewithal to send her. She pulled the plug on the cooling bathwater, wrapped herself in a towel and went to her room. Her dress was the same one she'd worn at the college ball, but that didn't matter since there would be no one at tonight's affair who had been there. Sweeping her blonde hair into a chignon and fastening it with combs and pins, she took a last look in the wardrobe mirror and went down to join her father. He was waiting for her in the drawing room, standing by the hearth with one foot on the fender. At forty-four, he was a good-looking man, whose thick, dark hair had the merest suggestion of grey at the temples, and whose figure was supple enough to belong to a much younger man. He moved forward and took her hands to hold her at arm's length. I suppose it was worth the wait. I shall be the envy of every young blood.